hello and welcome to Dead Man's Chest. Uh, I'm Neil and as ever I'm joined by Becky. Hi! And this week, a little bit later on, uh, we'll be talking about remakes and reboots mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we've got a couple of examples each. We've got some films that, have, that are remakes and some of them have been well received and one definitely wasn't well received. Yes, it wasn't it was we tried that last was night absolute, and it didn't really work. <laughs> absolute car crash of a film. A um, couple of bits to bring you uh, before we get to that. Um, social isolation is still very much a thing. And I found the ultimate social isolation film. What's that then? I know I mentioned The Shining. Yes. A few weeks ago. Yeah. But you got another one. The, yeah, the absolute world champion at social isolation is The Martian. Oh, okay. With, well, yeah, definitely. With Matt Damon. Yeah. He's actually on another planet. Yeah, that's definitely. Yeah. Taking it to the extreme, isn't it? At least it? he's safe. Least, comparatively he's comparatively. not going to catch it well no that's that's no. a good thing um <laughs> if you haven't seen it it is well worth a watch it is definitely um there are some quite funny bits and some quite sad bits as well mm. but no it is well worth a watch um the other thing i came across this week uh is another podcast i don't mind giving other podcasts a, a shout out <laughs> um it's called true spies and it's presented by Hayley Atwell, who was Peggy Carter in the Marvel Universe. Um, she doesn't sort of... It's hard to explain. She doesn't really take over. She lets the the person tell their story. Yeah, I was listening uh, to a bit last night when you had it on. Yeah, um, there's only one episode up at the moment. At the moment. Um, I don't know how often they're going to be dropping, but... No, the the story last night, it was an Israeli soldier mm. and some of the things that he had to do back in the day. And it's like, yeah, you've lived a life, my friend. You've really <laughs> lived a life. Yeah. Um, so, some of the things we've been watching. Becky? I'm still watching season... Well, I'm on season two of The Afterlife at the moment, which is the Ricky Gervais, uh, which he's written and directed. Um it's really lovely it no it's i wasn't too sure at first it does take a bit of a while to get into it because you're not really a ricky gervais i'm fan, not i'm you? not a ricky gervais fan at all um i find his humor sometimes a bit outplaced sometimes so but no this is really really it's a really lovely story actually it's really sad in places and um i'm not gonna say any spoilers because no. it, it, it's it it's the aftermath of his wife dying dying isn't it? from cancer yeah so and it's 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 lovely actually it's just a really it's really funny as well in yeah. places that you know um, i mean i will admit i've i haven't watched it no but from what i've managed to gather from people talking and whatever it's just to show that it you know we've all mm. lost somebody to something yeah. somewhere along the lines of course we have. and it, it's to show that the world carries on and you have to carry on oh yeah definitely and um yeah so basically he's just grieving for his for his late wife and he sort of stumbles upon a friend at the graveyard which is played by penelope wilson yeah always she's, brilliant um yeah so she's in the downton films and stuff like that yeah so. 
Um, but yeah, it's a really good series. I'm on halfway through season two. Yeah. There's only two seasons, so I'm so new, far, I'm a box yeah. set queen's sort of getting through them. Yeah. Um, and then I'm also yeah. watching uh, Madame C.J. Walker. Okay. It's about the black entrepreneur with the hair care okay. for African-American women okay. to sort of tame their hair. That's really good at the moment. It's a bit quirky, actually. Isn't that, is that on Netflix? That's on Netflix as well. Right. Same with Afterlife as well. And I also started on Friday. I like to have multiple <laughs> things on the go. Um, a series called Hollywood. Right. It's a, I think it's a limited series, but it's about sort of like the golden age of Hollywood. Right. Um, it centres on this guy who's uh, trying to get into the movies as an extra, but he's never picked right um and at the point where i left it because i was getting a bit tired Friday, i was a bit shattered um he'd actually picked up uh, uh you know an african-american guy yeah in a police uniform okay but he'd just come out of a gay cinema so okay. i don't know where that's heading <laughs> so but as i said i've only watched half the episode so i don't really know so what's is it going documentary on. or kind of it's been dra- it, it's, it's a drama it, it's a drama it's, yeah definitely it's a big it looks like a big budget number as well because i think it's got margot robbie in it okay i mean the nice thing with netflix is they i mean they don't you, skimp on money yeah and you'd assume they've just got the money to, to, exactly. to, to throw out it yeah. so you know the same series on, say, the BBC or ITV mm. wouldn't look half as good because no. they just can't commit to no, exactly. And I've sort kind of been budget. dipping in and out of Ashes to Ashes series too as well. Um, no doubt Becky will cover Ashes to Ashes oh, and Life on Mars definitely in, in more detail further down the line. Um, brace yourself. Yeah, spoiler alert: that will happen at some point. <laughs> um, <laughs> Never been a spoiler alert. Um, We've also started hitting Disney Plus, haven't we? We have. We st- started, Slowly. Started The Mandalorian. We have started. That's really good. Baby Yoda's lovely. Yeah. Um, one. I'm probably about three episodes in. I'm trying to ration it because I don't want to go full Becky <laughs> and, and finish it in a day and then be depressed that there is no more. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Which has been known to happen, hasn't it? It has. Um, so, <laughs> I feel yeah. Ashamed. I am trying to ration it, so I'm doing okay. I've got about, yeah, I've done about three episodes. Yeah. Excuse me. And we've been really into the shorts, the Pixar shorts. The Pixar shorts. shorts, which are incredible. They are. Um, they are very incredible. Now, there's the Sandpiper one, isn't it? Which is called Piper. Piper. Yeah, that's uh, really cute. There's La Luna. La Luna. Which is again absolutely stunning. It is. It's beautiful. I, I don't know if I could pick my favourite. Um, we've watched. Um, we've watched Pearl as well. Pearl. Uh, we've watched um, Lava. That's my favourite one at the moment. Yeah. I have to play it at least once a day because <laughs> um, I love the song. <laughs> yeah, Becky, Becky has actually got herself a ukulele and is learning to play the song in Lava. If you, it's. I mean, they're all, what, five, six minutes yeah, long? Yeah, exactly. But they are all typically Pixar. They are. And, and then, yeah. They, they are, even though you think, right, okay, it's only five minutes long, I should be safe. Like, is it Bayo? Ba- yeah, Bayo, I think it is. B-A-O. Oh, yeah. 
There's about a dumpling that comes to life. Comes I mean, to life. It's only about six minutes long, and it is more than capable of breaking you in half. Yeah, well, it did. <laughs> and then we watched one last night uh, with the turtle, the alien. The alien, which was called... I can't remember now. I can't remember what it is. Uh, uh, it's escaped me. But, but it's about a, an alien that... going through his abduction exam yeah <laughs> and it is absolutely brilliant it is and bernie the other one was bernie yeah. which is one of the characters or one of the robots from wally and this actually takes place alongside the events in wally doesn't it, it so does. yeah there are little clips of the film and then it cuts back to what this poor maintenance droid is going through and it is genuinely brilliant it is genuinely brilliant um <laughs> how many uh, more there are i think there's, there's quite a, is it there's the a life lot of toy story ones as yeah, well yeah there's some like toy with story the ones with forky yeah and there's um, the life of birds as well oh it's a birds. is it a bird's life a bird's life they're on the telephone wire and yeah then they, all the birds get naked and then there's the stork one as well the stork one yeah the stork takes the babies and he's got that cloud which just makes dangerous oh stuff. yes yes that's that's good as well so check those out as well on disney plus if you haven't got it already and they are easy if you if you just want something to watch for a quarter of an hour before going to bed and stuff and you don't want to get into a film two or three of these are perfect aren't they, they are they, they are they absolutely just set you off on the right note to go to bed um, definitely the one thing i must get onto this week because it gets a lot of attention whenever it's on. And I know it's the third season already, so I'm a little bit behind, is Killing Eve. Yeah, you, you've been saying it for a while, haven't you? Um, if you haven't got round to it, I know the first two seasons box sets are on the BBC iPlayer. Okay, yeah. And you'd probably be able to catch up on the third series. Yeah, you can do. With the episodes yeah. that has been released. So I will get onto that. Uh, as soon as I can really uh, the other thing is um, a sort of a hello really to all our sort of latest followers on the Facebook page yeah great and we do sort of check um, the app we use Anchor to record this it does let us know where our listeners are yeah which and is we've, fantastic we've got <laughs> listeners in America Ireland uh, Canada there's yeah. a couple yeah, there's a few of you dotted around the place, so um, keep sharing. And hello. Yeah, hello. <laughs> now, we'll, ta- well, I'll say it now because in case people have turned off really before the end. Um, <laughs> next week's show is probably your choice, isn't it? We're going to cover some Pixar films. We are. We're going to pick two Pixar films that each. we've each, each that we've really enjoyed watching. Um, and then we're going to yeah, review sort of them. Cover them. Yeah, yeah be a, definitely. Be a bit more family friendly show. Yes. I, but I can still say fuck. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. So today's show, like I said, is about remakes and reboots. And we've all said it when the latest version of a film has come out. And we've all of us at some point gone, oh, for fuck's sake, can't they release something a bit more original but I was having a quick look at the amount of films big films there's quite a list there as well yeah and this isn't even a fraction of them oh my god I mean classics like I mean horror classics like 
Pet Cemetery. Okay, yeah, it was released last year in 2019, but the original was 1989. Uh, the Al Pacino classic Scarface was a remake. That originally appeared in 1932. Wow. Um, there's a, a brilliant western with Russell Crowe and Christian Bale called The 310 to Yuma. That was 2007, but it originally appeared in 1957. So. Um, the Bond film, Casino Royale, was actually the third time that film had been made. Wow. Uh, 1954 and 1967, respectively. Uh, Westerns popped up quite a lot. Mm. Um, probably one of the more famous ones from back in the heyday was A Fistful of Dollars. But it was actually a remake of a film three years earlier called Yo <laughs> Yojimbo. Oh, okay. So they just um, basically just changed the name. I know that the, the Magnificent Seven was actually a remake of a Japanese film called Seven Samurai. I think a lot of the Westerns took the samurai... Approach. template yeah and westernized it mm. um even the absolute hit machine which is pixar mm. haven't um been completely innocent on the remake really? front. um a bug's life is actually a remake of the magnificent seven oh, okay uh the good dinosaur is very lion kingy yes in it in is its, that word uh, it, it, it <laughs> is now <laughs> Um, you, if you follow us on Facebook and Instagram and whatever, you'll see that um, I've recently uh, got the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles films, which which were, I mean, the original Turtles film came out in 91, I think. Um, Tomb Raider, yeah, again, originally good. was with Angelina Jolie yeah. and now Alicia Vikander. Yeah. She's married to... Michael Fashbender. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, even heartthrobs, Brad Pitt and George Clooney, have been in on this. Yes. So <laughs> I've just seen it. <laughs> Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Was originally, uh, well, the Clooney one came out in two thousand and one, but it originally appeared in nineteen sixty, and it was um the Rat Pack. So it was Frank Whoa, Sinatra, Dean Martin, Dean Martin. They were Sammy all in. Davis yep. Jr. They were and all in the it. The other one. Sinatra, Martin, Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, yeah, and the other one. I think he's always known as the, the other, other one. one. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I can never no, remember no, his never, name. Yeah, no one can ever remember his name. Um, horror classic, The Thing, which was a John Carpenter film with Kurt Russell, not Patrick Swayze. Swayze, because I get the um, <laughs> That was 1982. The original was actually 1951. Wow. So... These things happen. They're going to keep happening. And we've got a couple of films each. That, yeah. I mean, one, I didn't actually know it was a remake. Um, Which one? Um, Last of the Mohicans. Oh, okay. But it's been, if I look at my notes, if they're correct, it's been remade quite a few times. Oh, okay. Whoa. <laughs> a lot of times, <laughs> so, How many times? Um, well, the 1992 one, um, Daniel Day-Lewis, is actually the sixth version. Oh, my God. Um these films might not have always made it to the West. <laughs> yeah, they may um, have stayed somewhere. Some were made sort of like, I think one of these might have been French. I'm not sure. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, it's just like the sixth time it's made it onto onto <laughs> the big screen. Robin Hood, they just make it every fortnight by the look yeah, of it. Well, yeah, exactly. Whether it's yeah. 2018, 2010, 1993, 91 was the Kevin Costner one. one. It's 73, 52, 38 and 22. Wow. Yeah, they just love Robin Hood. So, yeah. Um, King Kong, actually, I thought there was going to be a, about a dozen of those. There was only actually three. Oh, okay. Um, and then if if you go further like east to Japan where they've got like Godzilla franchise, mm. pff, one a year. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> you know, so Just keep turning them out. So we're gonna have a look at. Uh, I mean, all all the films that we're talking about today are remakes, and three of them definitely are successes. And one, if you've been following us on Instagram and facebook and whatever you'll know that one of them definitely is not a success but we'll get to that at the end just to leave you on a low note yes because it left us on a note what those 20 minutes of it that we actually managed to watch watch, yeah without going no (laughs) okay right so becky your first one not a well-known film probably now no but it is still it's still very good it is very good it's called the jazz singer yeah now the first version was released in 1927 and what was special about that it was the first talkie yeah which was so it's the start of the golden age of hollywood yeah it starred al jolson you know mammy that one um so yeah so literally he was blacked up if I may, t- yeah. and I'm sorry if I've offended anybody. Well, that's what it was. Um, yeah. But they, white people used to black up for stage performances and things, so that he's like a minstrel. Yeah. Um, so I'll get to the story in a minute. Different cause... times. If there's anyone under the age of 20 listening, this was different D- times. This was completely different <laughs> times. And then in 1980, they remade the film with Neil Diamond. See, the stories with both of these films are virtually the same. It's just that the Neil Diamond one has a bit more songs in it. <laughs> it's okay. a bit more kind of... It's basically an updated version of it. Yeah, so they okay. haven't changed too much. No, they haven't. No, not at all. So the storyline goes yeah. that it's based on a Jewish family. Okay. His father is a cantor. Now, okay. that's a singy person that does all the prayers, I believe. Yes. In the synagogue. Yeah. So, and he, his son doesn't want to be a cantor. Right. He's come from a long line of cantors. He doesn't want to, to do it. He wants to go and do something he loves. He loves to sing. So this would have you been, know, he would have come from a very traditional Jewish family. Very traditional right. Jewish family. So basically, um, it breaks his father's heart. Um, basically, and then the father gets ill. And then, you know, it sort of all comes sort of together at right. the end. So it's all a happy family by the end of it. So they but, make their peace. Yeah. So, But the difference with the Neil Diamond version yeah. is that his father, who's Laurence Olivier in this in this remake, which has yeah. got a big name there. You that know, is a hell of a name. You know, it's got an award named after him. Um, he doesn't get ill. He basically disowns him by ripping his... his um, blazer right and by ripping that blazer it means that he's dead to him just because he wanted to divorce his wife to because he fell in love with somebody else right 
basically. So in the Neil Diamond one, he's not just breaking the family tradition. He's he's smashing. He, he it. hasn't just, he hasn't just stopped there. He's no, up, right. What else it is really traditional? Hasn't. Exactly. You know, <laughs> he basically goes to LA, tries to make it. He's in in a sort of a a band with black people. Right. And he, you know, goes off and does this and he finds a little bit of success. Yeah. Um, I mean, in the second film, you've got some big hitter songs. You've got America. Yeah. Hello Again. Love on the Rocks. Even right. Paul Nicholas is on it. He's, right. He's like the punk dude in it. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, you know, there is differences. Yeah. But nothing to the story. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's quite parallel, but then there is differences, obviously, with the time periods. Yeah. And they've just altered the story slightly in the later version, which isn't that bad. It's, it's actually bad. quite refreshing. <laughs> uh, it's it's probably the safest way of doing a remake. I think, I think you should. It's like, okay, the first one worked perfectly. Yeah. So, like they say, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. So, if you take the core of mm. that film yeah and like you said they've just updated it yeah just basically updated it and i think that's a really good way of doing it and then if you twist the storyline slightly yeah then it doesn't really really matter because you're still staying on that sort of same course but you just it's got all re-envisioning it it's got all the bits know? but in a different yeah, order exactly kind of yeah so but if you want to go and check these out i managed to get hold of the original jazz singer when we went to nottingham a couple yeah, of years ago yeah and I found it and I was like, I've got to have it. Yeah. Because I had the second version. Like obviously, the Neil Diamond version is the one I sort of um, started with. I saw it and I just loved it. Yeah. I really did love it. And Neil Diamond's amazing in it. Um, so and then we found the original one yeah. in Nottingham in a HMV, if anybody knows who that is. Back in the day. Um, <laughs> when we used to be able to go to shops. And then I was like, I, I said to you, I said, I need to get this film because it that's that's the version i wanted to see like and yeah. when i saw it i was just like wow it really there isn't much talking in it but there is and yeah. there's singing in it so that plant classes as a talking and it's quite a seminal film as well isn't it yeah. it's the beginning yeah. of of, of the, what of you that, refer to as the, the golden, golden age so yeah. but yeah so yeah so budget wise um they the first one had a budget of four hundred and twenty two thousand dollars right so this is going back in 1927. So, so this could be nearly like... nearly 100 years old. Yes, it's nearly 100 years old. And the box office, it took up for 2.6 million. But this would have been back in the day when a cinema ticket would have been... What, like... A dollar? A dollar or something. Maybe. Or 50 cents or yeah. what, you know. So that's a huge profit. That's massive <laughs> it's money. It's massive money. I mean, Al Johnson was a star in his own right. Yeah. He was fantastic. He was a very big board. I mean, nineteen twenties as well. This would have been that. I mean, Al Jolson. For those of you who don't know, it, it was big band stuff, wasn't it? Almost. No, he was more vaudeville, so it was more sort of stage yeah, type. Yeah, but he would have been well known. Oh yeah, if oh, yeah, Al Jolson was in town, it was oh, sold oh, out. Oh god, yeah, yeah, it was. It, you know, it's like a big like Green Day or something. He yeah. was the Green Day of his time. Yeah, if you want to. So. They really played it smart mm. with that casting, and it's like, look, people are gonna, people who can't get yeah. to see him in concert exactly. are gonna come and see this film, yeah, and there's definitely. gonna be a lot of them. Of course, as well. So going back to the 1980 version, they spent 13 million on that. 
and this is back in 1980. That's not bad. And then the box office, it took 27.1 million. So it's not too, it's too bad. It's made its money and some. And some. So, um, but they are less known because I think they're sort of kind of not arty films, but sort of a little bit it different. C- it could be that jazz has never really broken through to be mainstream not really but the second one doesn't really it's I mean, not really I mean, jazz it's I mean, more the closest kind of poppy with, rock and roll type but you thing. know what people are like and they will look at it as the jazz singer and that is where they will that will be yeah where they course. stop and i would actually see if you can stream it or something i haven't seen it on any streaming services but maybe it's a good idea maybe to have a look maybe and if it if it is have a have a watch um i mean again these are i mean the 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 original i think and the remake are both films that i think relied heavily on their main actor of course it did that was their i mean you had neil diamond i mean and Lawrence olivier in there that's a punch and you know that was their pulling you know that's your pulling so yeah as long as you had a really big name in there but no I, i would definitely recommend these films because i think they're fantastic i really yeah. do and if you're kind of into this kind of uh, the sort of filmish you know um I, i'll definitely have a look because you may even have seen it and you may disagree with me <laughs> but I, I i think they're amazing i know all the songs in the second one so yeah i don't think i've ever actually watched the second i don't know if i've ever watched it with you we watched Les Mis, didn't we with we did yeah uh, hugh jackman yeah and I'm, I, I'm not ashamed to say I didn't hear a word of that film. No, because, because you I sang, sang it through the, it the whole film. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big musicals fan, by the way. <laughs> you hadn't guessed. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I I would go and see those films. Um, I think they're available on Amazon. I think so. It's all good. Yeah. So almost nothing. Which one do you prefer? Oh, that's a bit a bit of a tough one because they're they're different in both films so yeah i like both of them okay. i prefer both of them okay <laughs> <laughs> i can't split it i really can't split it but i would it's a good watch if you want like a sort of sunday afternoon type laid back film it's nothing too heavy yeah these are perfect absolutely okay. perfect cool have to get you to watch the neil diamond one then i'll have the a go one. i'll have a go eventually 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 like I said, we're, we're different in enough that, you know, I mean, me and Becky have got a lot of films in common, and but, yeah, there, there's still plenty of room for us to watch our own type of film, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, of course there? there is. That, you know, I, I will watch things that Becky doesn't like, and vice versa, she will watch films that I'm not so fussed about either. Yeah. I mean, our, looking at our film collections each now... It's, it's, well, it is, there is a definite difference in them, isn't there? Yeah, and you did say my collection starting to look like a mental illness. It, it, it is, because <laughs> so, we have a cupboard. There is, a, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll just touch on that before I, before I bring mine in. Um, there, in the corner of the room, uh, there is a, a a corner unit, and in, at the bottom there is a cupboard which has got its own little door. You can't see what's in it. Uh, that is referred to as the cupboard of death. Yes. Um, that's where all my horror films are, isn't it? Yes, I've banned them so, from, from public view. She won't have them in sight. 
Yeah. So, my first one, like I said, is uh, from 1992, and it's Michael Mann's masterpiece, The Last of the Mohicans. Uh, if I just check my notes again, it's actually the one, two, three, four, five. It's actually the sixth time this has made it onto film. I can't actually. I mean, that caught me by surprise. I've definitely never seen any of the others. No, I haven't. I, I, don't, I didn't don't even have. know there were any. No. Um, Michael Mann is he's a hell of a director. Uh, he did Heat with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. He did the Muhammad Ali biopic with Will Smith. Uh, Miami Vice. He did mm. the movie with that with Colin Farrell and okay. Jamie Fox, I okay. think. And he did the Johnny Depp one as well, Public Enemies. Oh, okay. I like that film. He's very, very good director. That's what I haven't got. That's what that reminds me. Thank you. What? Let's get that on DVD. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> Overfrading slightly. The IMDb rating is is clearly wrong. It's only at 7.7. <sighs> really? Um, the budget was huge. 40 million. And the box office was staggeringly low actually 75 million maybe they got fed up i don't know (laughs) yeah we've seen it five (laughs) times before i don't have to see it again (laughs) um it's sadly one of those films that is absolutely brilliant and no one went to see it yeah that's what it boils down to and i'm trying to think what else was happening in 92 i don't know was there anything really big in 92 when was terminator 2 that was 91 yeah i really don't know without having to delve into it um it stars probably my favorite actor and he is in my mind the best actor that's ever been uh daniel day lewis yeah um in preparation for this he actually lived on the land you know sleeping but he's a method actor. he is a very method methodical actor and he will live yeah, as he, he the character, living, yeah. so he lived on the land. He he learnt how to hunt. He he just he ate what he could catch. Basically, uh, I don't know if there was any health issues with him. I know his weight plummeted, which it's going to because if you've been eating privet leaves and whatever and, and trying to catch a rabbit, yes, exactly. So he's gonna drop some weight on. Uh, Madeline Stowe was in it. I think she was in. Robin Hood as well, Prince of Thieves. She was Marion. Oh, was she? Okay, cool. Um, an actor called Wes Studi, who never really, he seemed to appear in big films, but never got big. Right. Uh, he was in the amazing Street Fighter live action film. <laughs> I think as well he was actually in Heath. Really? As well, I, I'm, I'm sure he was. Now. It's set in America in 1757 uh, during what they referred to as the French Indian War. Okay, now this was actually um, a war in America between England and France. Okay, mm-hmm. so England and France travelled across the Atlantic Ocean to America to have a fight. Lovely. Yeah. Um, so what they were 
um, what they were both what both sides were doing they were both using native americans to help bolster their numbers because they're so far from home their numbers are low so they used the on-site people that were there hey we'll on give... site yeah, native americans right so they're like hey we'll give you lo loads of money or whatever it is you do want if you know if you don't value money and but you value this we'll give you this mm. if you fight for us and the other side were doing much the same and it focuses around uh, a family of Native Americans, and they're basically trappers. Mm. They live in peace. They, mm. you know, they're, they're quite happy. And their clan, if you like, they are referred. They call themselves the Mohicans. Okay, that is their tribe. And it is. It is that Daniel Day Lewis, his character, uh, I think his name's Nathaniel. And he's been adopted by this family. Mm. So he's not a true blood, but they've raised him. And they are tasked with escorting the daughters of an English general uh, to safety. And it is a hell of a ride that they have. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, there are some properly... Um, I mean, even if you're not squeamish, there are times when you will look away mm. because, you know, you see like a, a chunk of bone sticking out oh, of of, of something. And uh, where Studi plays a sort of a rival tribe member who he's working for the French and they are savage. I mean, they will scalp their victims and all sorts. Um, it, it ends in... Uh, where Studi's character, who's called Magua, and he's nasty, he's savage. He kills the, he kills Daniel Day Lewis's, I guess, adopted brother. And it, it's brilliant. They've kidnapped, uh, one of the general's daughters. Right. And it, all you've got is Daniel Day Lewis and his adoptive dad chasing after them through the mountains and it is such the ending of this film is as good as anything i've ever seen yeah i have seen this um i've seen this a while ago with you and it culminates between a standoff between daniel day lewis's dad and magua and you and you're looking at it and you think yeah this is going to be a hell of a dust up yeah this is going to be one for the yeah. ages and it isn't the old man just goes through him like he's not there. Nah. And it's the most disappointing yet satisfying ending yeah, ever. Because you want to see a big battle. You want to see the big Hollywood final battle. Yeah. And and this you know this, this guy just chops through him like he, he's not there. Yeah. So it is kind of satisfying to see Magua get what's coming to him. Uh, if you're if you are squeamish, it's not nice to see. No, there, there are, there are there are a couple of bones sticking out yeah. that that shouldn't be, and then <laughs> oh, <make> my legs <laughs> <so funny. laughs> um, and then that's where he, he he sort of he speaks to Daniel Day Lewis, doesn't he, about his son will join his forefathers, and then then it's the old man who actually says it's now me, the last of the Mohicans, and you, you realise then it's hang on no, so it's not Daniel Day Lewis, it's the old man yeah, who's the last. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, it's hard to describe what kind of film this is. 
A kind of like a drama drama slash, slash adventure slash adventure slash yeah it's it's a bit of a hard one to sum up really isn't it it's handled really well because when you get these films that are they have one foot in history and in reality they are difficult to pull off and there will be certain things that they have to have in them they, they, I mean, yeah. The the French general, for instance, is a real person. I I looked up him. Yeah. He was there. He was in America during these battles, and he, you know, so these things can sometimes hinder a film because mm-hmm. they haven't got that wiggle room of creativity because they're they're yeah. stifled, if you like, by reality. And other times they they can flourish, and I think this is one where it does flourish. Mm. Yeah, it does touch on what was actually happening, but it just does it enough to keep you abreast of what was going on, mm. and but it's smart enough to keep the the focus on yeah on the you know Daniel Day Lewis and uh, you know trying to get these girls to safety. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as I said, I've seen this film with you, haven't I? This was sort of back in the day when we first got together. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, it was, it was quite a powerful film as well. And there's there's that constant music, isn't there, that yeah. runs through it, that the whole thing. Yeah. And it's quite a sad piece of music. It is a very sad piece of music. Especially when, when... I think I cried in that Probably. One. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a very dramatic piece of music. It and is very dramatic. It's it's one I can hear it in my head now, and I won't embarrass myself by trying to hum it. But yeah, it it brings back so many moments of this film, so many deaths, so many good bits as well. Yeah. Um. Also, some of the the, the harsh sort of realities of the war and the battle they were having. Mm. Uh, there's a, a a bit where they they return to the home of a family that are, are friendly towards them. To find that they've been killed, yeah. And um, Daniel Day Lewis's character says, "We have to go. We have to leave them where they are." Yeah. And I think it's Madeline Stowe's character. She says, "Well, they deserve a Christian burial." Mm. And he's like, "No. If we bury them, the people tracking them will know they've come this way." Yeah. We have yeah. to leave them. Yeah. And it's it, it's it's sad, but it's that sometimes you know. It, it's sort of realistic to see a character have to have even though these were his friends he has to be cold and say we can't touch them we have yeah. to leave them because there's a bigger picture here it, it's such a good film and like i said daniel day lewis is always amazing i think this is if i had to to draw up my top 10 best films I think he's the only actor that would appear twice. Wow. In which other film? Gangs of New York okay. as Bill the Butcher. Again, mind-blowing performance. Mm. Um, but yes, if... I don't know, it's, it's sort of like... It's when America was still new, wasn't it? This like Sort of rustic. Yeah, this front, it was like the unknown frontier. frontier it's you know, that sort of thing, isn't people it? People were just trying to make their way and then the English and the French turned up to carry on having their fight and you got all these like 
people trying to sort, sort of, of trapped in the middle yeah you got all these people who just wanted to move to america and set up a, a nice little quiet life for themselves and yeah. then they get caught up in this That's bloody funny. performance <laughs> it's it's incredible it, it's a long one it, it's the best part of three hours yeah but it's a film i, I promise you you won't forget mm. for quite a while uh, and as then, you're talking about i can yeah picture and I must get back, actually, um, sort of friend and in defence of partner in crime, Liam has, has got my copy of it, so I must mm-hmm. try and see if he'll post it. Yeah, post it. <laughs> Pop it in the post. So yes, I couldn't recommend this film highly enough. Mm. Uh, the IMDb rating is a crime at 7.7. This is easily above a 9. Yeah. Because I can't actually think of a bit of it yeah, even in the biggest and, and bestest blockbusters that Marvel can turn out and whoever else, there will be guaranteed a bit of it where you think, oh, that's a bit shit, but okay. Yeah, you kind of accept it and then kind of you, you carry can, on with the film. You can see where they've got stuck. In They know where the story is and they know where they want to get to, but sometimes getting from A to B can be a little bit clunky. Yeah, it can be. <laughs> but... Uh, and sometimes yeah. that's really jarring and you go oh dear okay i'll let you have that one but don't see do when it, it goes a bit like that it kind of like puts me off a bit because it's like oh oh we're going through this but okay yeah. and it takes a while to start off again i mean even in um dawn of justice which was the batman versus superman film there's a bit i mean the, batman has absolutely beaten the shit out of superman and the, the jarring bit of getting them to be friends was that their mother has the same name, Martha. Okay. And it, it's <laughs> it's like that stepbrothers moment of Did we just become best friends. It's like, <laughs> it's like, oh like, my god. It's like okay, you know, all right. Yeah. I know I know where you are. I know where you wanted to get to, but for fuck's sake, did you have to do that? <laughs> anyway, so yes, last the Mohicans for me. It's a it's a nine point five easy. It's, it is start to finish brilliant. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a little break and we will be back with you very soon. Okay, so welcome back. Um, yes, so that was Last of the Mohicans. Now, Becky, your next film is <laughs> one that has been done, what, at least ten times? Four times. Four times. <laughs> That's not ten times. And it is. Wait it for is. it, wait for it. A Star is Born. Now, it, the first version was in 1937. Okay. With um, starring Janet Gaynor. Never heard of her. Uh, and then the second one was in 1954 with Judy Garland. That was probably the best known one yeah, of the, it, of the it, previous it was, makes. Yeah, definitely. Then 1976 with Barbara Streisand and Chris Knopf. Chris Christopherson. That's the one I can never. Chris yeah. That one. And then most recently, a couple of years ago, um, the 2018 version with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Now, they all follow the same theme. Yeah. Again, with like the jazz singer, they've just done updated versions of when the film has come out, basically. Yes. Uh, apologies for the mess. <laughs> Welcome to Le Mans 24-hour race. <laughs> Sorry about that. Was a mid spiel there. So they all all follow the same sort of theme of 
um, struggling singer meets big actor or music person, and then they become the, the women become famous when yeah. now the men go down. Kind yeah, of, you and know. I think all the all the the male leads in these films they're on the way down, aren't they? They are. They're definitely on the way down, and each um, film has a different suicide bit in it I, I don't know what about the first one because i haven't a clue but in the 1954 version with judy garland yeah he walks into the sea and drowns yes in the 1976 version chris christopherson um he is killed in a motorbike accident yeah and then in 2018 he I'm makes not, the dog a steak he makes the dog a steak <laughs> now this is where <laughs> We've watched how how many times did we go to the cinema? To we watch went this? to see it twice. We went to see cinema. it twice. So the first time, I was a bit mixed emotions because I was angry with the people who were sitting in front of me, and I also was very upset. And I thought yeah. Neil was laughing at me, yeah, because I was crying, and then I got really um, off with you, didn't I? Yeah, because I thought you were laughing at me because I was in floods of tears, but angry at the same time with the people in front of me because they wouldn't keep still, and that's really annoying. But anyway, so they, they follow the same sort of line. You see, like, the main leading lady get famous and unfamous are, And then the, the, the males, they go sort of, you know, it's crashing quite down. Rapid, isn't it's it, quite a that? rapid thing. Now, in the 2018 version, the suicide in there is by hanging. Yes, in the garage. In the garage. Um, but you know. he'd been, he, he was almost pushed to it, wasn't he? Cause the... Yes, he was. See, the thing is, about each... Because I've seen the three of them in in order. Mm. And I, obviously, I prefer the, the Lady Gaga Bradley Cooper version. Yeah. But, again, they've been updated yeah. to go with the time. Yeah. So, which is great, because then you're not getting the same kind of reproduced um, the film all the time. So you're getting, like, a different spin on it again. But... Yeah, they, they, they've changed what they can change, but they've they've understood that, hang on, yeah. there is a, a core to this story that of we course. can't change. No, exactly. It's all based on the same 1954 production of it. So it's just literally just sort of, you know, and plus you've got big names in them again. So that's the pull, isn't it? Yeah. Like with the jazz singing, you've got those big names. Yeah. So... I'll just give you a few statistics on the budget for the 2018 version. Okay. So they had a budget of 36 million. Big. That's a massive budget. And at the box office, it took 436.2 million. Huge. That uh, it just went mad, didn't it? Because the second time round, I cried more. Yeah. Than the first time round. I think what helped this recent incarnation of it was that song. Shallow. Shallow. Yeah, definitely. It was everywhere. Oh, it was oh my word. Everywhere. It was like everywhere, everywhere was singing. And I've subsequently watched it at home. Yeah. And I've still cried. <laughs> so it's a good weepy one if you wanna if you're feeling a bit low or down. It's, <laughs> you it's want a good one... cry. <laughs> it's it's one for the, definitely a tub of ice cream clan film. This recent one it did make me I think with Bradley Cooper's character there was maybe a glimmer of a moment 
where he could have been saved. He, he could have he been saved. Clear, clearly had drinking substance problems. Yeah, but he'd been into rehab. But he'd been and into kind rehab, of sorting himself out. And it's the record boss, isn't it? Yeah, her the re- record yeah, boss. Yeah, her record boss says to to him something along the lines You'll of, "You'll always be an embarrassment to or, or something." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and obviously, with the, there is an age gap as well, so yep. that kind of contributes to it, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, he's the sort of old. <laughs> you know sort of dimming light and she's the young up and coming kind of thing you know but it's such a great film it really is it's a really really good film but with the 2018 version I think there's sort of slight raw, rawness to it than the other two it could be it could be I mean he really does play the alcoholic side of it pretty you know, well may, it could be as simple as a thing as you know acting techniques have improved maybe but i just thought i i just feel like there was more rawness to to that film production yeah rather than the other two where they were like you know especially the 1954 it's like judy garland you do it in that kind of style yeah like it, well you're technically in the golden age of hollywood i know there. yeah yeah so to have this sort of hard-hitting punch you in the face kind of film film hadn't really got to that point no they were well, they were doing it but they weren't good at it yeah yeah basically <laughs> Do you know what i mean that hard-hitting this, this, drama this is one of the good ones that are, that are coming out of the of that age yeah in cinema and then you go into the 1970s where everything was everything yeah kind of a free-for-all um, and you definitely get the 70s vibe in that one. <laughs> I've seen the 70s one, and we, we've said it before about other, other films. Within a second of it starting, you're like, yeah, 70s. Yeah. Oh. So this is how they rank in my order. Okay. Okay. So the 1976 version is my number three. Okay. It's not my favourite version, but it's still good. Yeah. But as I said, and then it's a bit of a toss up between the 1954 and the 2018, but I think. Judy has to come in second there. I'm a big fan of Judy. Yeah. Um, but the 218 version is my favourite. Did you spot the little nod to the 54 version? No, I didn't. And that's really bad. Uh, at the start, where Lady Gaga's character, she works in a restaurant. Oh, she sings Somewhere Over the Rainbow. She whistles Somewhere Over the, the Rainbow. Rainbow. And the as the title fades into effect, A Star Is Born, yeah. it was the same font and lettering oh, as really? the 54 version. Oh, wow, that's so yeah. cool. Because it does tell you at the end that it, it's based on that film. Yeah, but they used the exact same yeah. font. Don't for miss the... all that because I was too busy crying. <laughs> Don't you just start it? <laughs> exactly. But no, I did notice the Somewhere the, Over the Rainbow bit. Um, I would like to see the 1937 version if I can get it. We so need if to... there's any suggestions out there of how I can actually obtain this copy. Because you've only found a copy that's in America, which isn't any good for us. No, because we need region two. Yeah. Or a multi-region one if possible. So um, if anybody knows how I can do get a copy and have a look at that, that would be great. If you could message us via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, email. The, the one thing about this film, the 2018 one, was I thought she was nailed on for the Oscar. Yeah, and she didn't. And she didn't get, get it. it. I think it was Olivia Coleman, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, for the favorite. That was the yeah. The favorite was there. Yeah. And the favorite cleaned up. Big everything. time. That was a good film. It well. was good, but Weird. I think I liked 
A Star is Born more. Yeah, yeah, I did too. Um, the favourite was just weird. Especially with all these bunnies. It was very good. It was very oh, good. Oh, yeah. Excellent casting because you had Rachel Wines in there. You had... Um, Margot Robbie. Emma Stone. Emma Stone, sorry. Not Margot Robbie. Not Margot Robbie. Um, obviously, Olivia Commons, amazing actress. Uh, she can do so many different styles. Um, so, yeah. Um, go and see it if you haven't seen it yet. Or see all three or, you know. Be be interesting to see if there's anyone out there who, who would prefer one of the others. Yeah. I mean, for what, I, mean, I don't think, particularly films that have been made two, three, four times, mm. I don't think there's a right answer to which to say, oh, this one's better because of. I don't think there's any no, of that. No, I don't think so. I think it's just a personal preference. I um, think they're, they're very much, some of these films, you sort of relate them to the yeah. Bond films. Now, you depending on who your Bond was... Yeah. They're they're going to be the ones that you say are the best. Yeah, you know, I know definitely. people that was will say that you know Sean Connery was the best Bond because he was their Bond. Exactly. It depends or, what generation you're yeah. you, you, or, you're you're in, really, isn't or it? Or Doctor so, Who. Well, exactly. Know, who it's was, like with yeah. anything, I think. It, it's not a question of who was the best Doctor. It was who was your Doctor. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of people will say. So I I purposely brought the other two and I watched them actually in order. Yeah. Of. How, when they were released. released so then i could get a bigger picture of it um but 2018 came out on top anyway yeah because that was my generation exactly of, of that film but no i i would if you want a good cry yeah <laughs> you're gonna do <laughs> and and again like with the other two films that we, we've touched on it's it's how to do a remake correctly yes it is definitely there are certain things in this story that have to happen yeah and as long as you keep them you you can fuck around with the rest of it and and people oh, yeah, will definitely. forgive you for it definitely i mean obviously stories will change will differ from yeah, film to film of because of the when they are made so like take for example 1954 version you didn't have all like the guitars and the drums yeah. and stuff and all that technology yeah back in 1954 so you kind of have to update it yeah yeah as the years go by so yeah i would definitely recommend that but i recommend anything and you and about. you say 2018 is the best one yeah your best one. my best one yeah i wouldn't probably people may disagree with that but i think the 2018 is the better one cool Sorry. Right. I feel like crying now. <laughs> talking about it. Yeah. Well, we haven't got a dog, so I can't go and make the dog a stay. No, no, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Oh, right, no. okay. This is really bad. This is going to be hard work. It is. Okay, so this is an example of how <laughs> not to do a remake or this, I think this would have been a reboot. Whatever you want to call it now. <laughs> it was a fucking dumpster fire, is what it was. It was. We, um, how how many minutes were we in? We probably about off? half an hour. Half an hour. We're like, so, no. t- 2016, the film that nobody wanted, um, Ghostbusters. And I'll just cover the numbers to and, and the bits first before we get into kicking it to death. <laughs> um, so, 
directed by Paul Feig, who did things like Bridesmaids, he did The Heat, he did Spy with Melissa McCarthy. He also did Last Christmas. Oh, I like that film. You like that film. Um, uh, IMDb rating of 5.2, which, trust me, is high. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> deserve that. Um, <laughs> budget, which kept creeping up, and I'll, I'll go into that after, but budget, which finished off at $144 million. Oh, no. Yeah. And it only took two hundred and twenty nine million. It financially it <laughs> died on its arse. Okay. <laughs> um, the cast, right? Can I just say right at the start before the anyone? Car, it wasn't the cast's fault. Yeah, um, <laughs> because I had this argument on Twitter when this came up because this kicked off such. <laughs> a, but I've never known anything like it. Right. I don't think for a minute that this film failed because it was a female-led cast. No, okay? I don't think it did. Um, and I want to get that out there to begin with because I'll talk about it a bit later. But at the time, this film, it was it was nasty. What was flying backwards and forwards. Mm. I wasn't ever part of that. And I, I don't think for a second that the cast were to blame. Um you had Melissa McCarthy, you had Kristen, I never know how to pronounce her surname, Kristen Wieg Wieg, W-I-I-G you will know her Uh, Kate McKinnon, uh, Leslie Jones, Chris Hemworth, Thor Um, you also had cameos from the original cast as well. Oh, even Rick Morales Not Rick Morales Oh, I like him So the big question is I mean, it's, it's it's undeniable. Why did it fail? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it failed. It just failed. Okay, it was as good at being a film as the Titanic was at staying above the water. Um, the financial reasons are the easy one. It had to go back into uh, post-production. It had to have things reshot. This pushed back its release date. Mm. The minute a film step goes back into post-production... You've added another ten million yeah, onto exactly. it, and if you've got that on top of the reshoots, it starts getting pricey. That's why the budget kept creeping up. At that point, Sony Pictures, they're committed to it. Yeah, they can't just say fuck it, forget it, because they're they're wiping out a hundred twenty million at that point. Yeah, they can't write that off. There's a fuck it, yeah, do just it, do it, do it. Let's get something out and see what we can salvage. Um, so financially that's where the money went the, the second reason really was it was a remake it wasn't a sequel nobody wanted a fucking remake no 1989 was Ghostbusters 2 right so for nearly 30 years we'd wanted Ghostbusters 3 yeah and then it you know 2014 towards the end i think 2015 maybe it came up that there was a ghostbusters film in the works and it was like oh at last yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and then it, it sort of came up it's a female cast and everyone was like yeah cool right we're okay good, we're good nice with that spin on it and then we saw the trailer and it was like dear god 
<laughs> what have you done? And then it became apparent that this was a remake. And it was like, we, we don't need a remake. You're trying to remake the first one. Yeah. Which is sacred. Leave it the fuck alone. It's done fine. Leave it alone. <laughs> it's like legend. <laughs> um, Paul Feig, who was the director and the head of Sony Entertainment at the time, which was a woman called Amy Pascal. Um, now, Amy Pascal has got a, a, a bit of a reputation for... And, and this is what I could find. This isn't... I'm not saying this is fact, but apparently she got very sort of excited at the fact that Ghostbusters was a male-led franchise and she could change that. Right. Um, This was the beginning probably of what they call the woke culture of gender swapping roles and stuff. Um, Just excuse the people walking past you see we're working here um and they were releasing a lot of spiel that paul feig he was going to be casting hilarious women and i'm sure somebody involved with this film even dared say that because it was women it would be better uh yeah (laughs) this and then uh, they tried to load the film with a sort of social justice message of this would be a film about empowering women and it'd be you know strong women striding to the front and everything the problem with that is they set it in modern time when women okay in certain aspects and certain parts of society perhaps women still are being held back yeah but it's more it's definitely more commonplace now to see women leading a business mm. yeah, as managing yeah, directors, definitely. as scientists, as doctors, as teachers, as everything. Mm. So, and also you've got three of the main characters who are graduate scientists studying their... Their preferred fields. Their mm. preferred f- fields, one of who's a published author. Mm. That doesn't scream repression. No. If I'm honest. No. <laughs> so, it doesn't really, no. So, Even that's coming from a female here. Yeah. So there you go. So you're you're loading a film with this message that it can't possibly deliver. Mm. If they'd set it in the 80s, where, the, yeah, where, exactly. where the restrictions on women and, you know, would have been greater yeah. because society hadn't moved on, it would have made a bit more, more sense. sense. Yeah. But they set it in the modern day. Um, so that was, you know, the, the film couldn't carry that message mm. because the message has already got through. Mm. Um, there are stories that um, Sony uh, allegedly bullied the original cast members into appearing. You can't bully them. <laughs> you can. Um, the only one who publicly came out and said he liked the film was Dan Aykroyd, but he had to. <laughs> Um, the the rest of them were very much of the opinion of fuck that shit Um, but Sony apparently strong on them into appearing because they reminded people like Sigourney Weaver like Bill Murray Annie Potts was there uh, Ernie Hudson um, 
they were reminded that they'd actually signed a contract to appear in two sequels. Oh, okay. But it was worded that they were contracted to appear in two further Ghostbusters films. One they succeeded with Ghostbusters 2 in 89, and Sony strong-armed them that if you do not appear in this, we will sue you for breach of contract. Oh, my God. That That's is, just blackmail. That is the story. But at this point, Sony needed something to make people of come course. and see this. Fine. <laughs> it was... Every bit of it is horrendous. Um, Kristen Weig, if, if that's pronounced properly, she is actually very good at off-the-cuff humour. Yeah. If you've seen her on, I think she's been in things like Saturday Night Live and stuff. She is very good at just taking a subject and running with it. Yeah. She's, that, that is but the her. thing is, Melissa McCarthy's like that as well. She can be. So Sometimes I, I, she can take it a bit to the extreme a little bit, but um, I mean, I've seen her in bridesmaids and things like that. To me, I'm not a big, I'm not a huge fan of her. Should we put it like that? I like her in some things, and in other things, she just annoys me. It's like the Happy Time Murders. I loved her in that. Yeah, and I liked her in Identity Theft. I didn't see that. Um, Is that with um, Richard E. Grant? No. No. Which one am I thinking of? I don't know. But anyway, it is very good, yeah. but but Kristen Weig is her character was written that she was so constrained by it she couldn't she couldn't she, explore it. Yeah, you know? she couldn't she, flourish. She yeah. couldn't possibly succeed yeah. in that role. You have Leslie Jones, who is the most stereotypical black character I've ever seen, mm. to the point where. It's embarrassing to watch. Yeah. You know, it really... I'm not often put off by a performance or the writing, but you, you look at how that poor woman was treated yes. with that character yeah. and you think, what the fuck yeah. were you doing? I mean, I only saw it for the first time last night and I went to you, didn't I? I went, is it finished yet? Yeah. <laughs> because I was sitting there thinking... Right, when Chris Hemsworth comes on, it will get better. But it didn't. But it didn't. See, and even uh, him was, even his character was really and that, that, boring. And that, that, you know, Chris Hemsworth plays the receptionist in a you know, hilarious and, and brilliant gender reversal of having the man as a receptionist. Yeah. And it's just like, but the way he plays it is just so thick. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, not believable at all. There's nothing there no. to... Yeah. It relies quite heavily on sort of that gross-out comedy. I mean, it's only 20 minutes in and there's a... Well, there's a queef joke. Yeah. Where, where they, they listen to a fart machine... A fart recording. Yeah. And she says, would it be any more disgusting if I told you it came from the front? Yes. And it you think... Really? Yeah. Did it really have to be in there? It's as I said, we only did half an hour. It, and we it, had to switch it off. It misses the, and I think that's the problem is that there is so little chemistry between the the main four cast that the humour feels forced. Yeah, of course there is. And I was telling you that the reason that the original was so good is that it, yes, it was it was partly written by Dan Aykroyd, and the the character of Peter Venkman was written for John Belushi. Yeah, 
Now, Dan Aykroyd and Belushi had worked together for years. They'd done the Blues Brothers film together. They'd even toured as the Blues Brothers. Yeah. So they'd literally lived in each other's pockets, touring yeah, exactly. as a... As a so they as were a, really, really close friends. They, they had such a, a tight relationship and understanding. And that's why you see that the, the relationship between the characters Ray and Peter. Yes, it's funny, but... It, I, I don't think it was written to be funny. It was just the relationship between Dan Aykroyd yeah, and John definitely. Belushi. And I think if something's natural like that, that's going to be even more funnier because yeah. it's realistic. Yeah. It's not forced. I mean, unfortunately, uh, Belushi passed away and that's where Bill Murray stepped mm. in. But even with these characters, they, they haven't done anything new with them. No. They've just rehashed the guys and put them in and tried to to make it work like in a female sense so. and, it, and it doesn't no it doesn't it doesn't translate very well it, everything in this film feels forced and like everything if it's forced it's it's gonna it's gonna flop it's gonna really grind um like i said to at, at the start this got really nasty yeah because this was the first I'd ever seen of of that knee-jerk reaction. You weren't allowed to say this film was crap. Yeah. Because you were immediately jumped on, if you were on Facebook, if you were on Twitter, by, and, and I'll say it, it was mainly women mm. who would say, well, you don't like this film because it's women. And, That's not what I'm saying. And, and, and my natural reaction was, no, I didn't like the film because it was shit. It didn't matter. It didn't matter, <laughs> it didn't matter what your matter. opinion was didn't. because everybody else thought, yeah, you're just attacking women. And then, but you know, and and then that attracted like more attention. The the, the idiotic men who, who were saying, no, oh, well, women shouldn't be Ghostbusters. It's a man thing, and and all that stuff. And it just got really, really nasty from. Control. It's. It's case in point of how not to do something. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't... Thankfully, Sony decided to to pull the plug on where this was going to go. Yeah. Because it just wasn't worth it. Um, there was originally plans for a sequel to this. Right. Um, <laughs> okay. Quite... How they could have made things any worse, I don't know. Um, thankfully, they saw sense and have returned to the original franchise for Ghostbusters 3, which was supposed to be out this year, but it's been postponed. Of course. Um, and it even the trailer that came out a couple of months ago just looks so much mm. better yes. <laughs> than this. Um, you got excited about this, didn't I you? I was the happiest ever when that sequel came. I don't care that it's going to be kids or anything. It's, no, it's just that it's it's following on exactly. rather than... And that's all this film had to do. Exactly. All they could this... have definitely followed that, that on from uh, Ghostbusters 2 yeah. easily. I mean, you don't... Yes, you could have swapped the genders around. Yeah, fine. I mean, Liam, uh, me and Liam spoke about this at length. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we said, you know, I mean, it's, they have tried to, they haven't even tried to do anything different at all. They, they've kept certain bits of the original mm. in there, but because there's just so much carnage around it, mm. the, the original bits... 
in this film just feel insulted. Yeah. And me and Liam were saying, well, why even set it in New York? Why not set it in Los Angeles? And this is another branch of the Ghostbusters. Yeah, exactly. Do you know just what I sort mean? Of, just just sort try of... something new. Yeah. Because you can, that's what the whole point of a, a sequel is. It's to make something new of the the previous one, isn't it? I, I'd have loved to have seen the public research, the survey, when they were planning this film. Yeah. You, know, you could ask a thousand people, do you want to see a remake of Ghostbusters? I'd love to see how many of them said yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? <laughs> it was just... And like I said, I, I can't blame the cast mm. because... It's, it's not their fault. It's, it's not the their fault. The script was rubbish. The, the whole film was poorly... Conce- you know, it was badly conceived and even worsely executed. Yeah, definitely. And it is... I mean, we watched it yesterday, or we tried to. <laughs> now, the other thing with this film, like I said, I was really excited when this film was coming out. Mm. I was. I was a, a ten-year-old again. Ghostbusters, yes, come on. And... Yeah, I went to the cinema and I wanted it to be brilliant. And yeah. I came out of the cinema thinking... It kind of leaves you a bit flat, doesn't it? It does. And then I remember when it came out on, on sort of home media, so I, I bought it on Blu-ray. And I remember thinking, well, maybe it would be better just watching it in my own my own surroundings, my own comfort. And it still left me feeling... Blech. Yeah. And I don't think I've touched it since until last night. Right, yeah. When I thought, well, it's been a couple of years. Let's see. Maybe the hatred has... Has disappeared. Has died down. And to be fair, I didn't get angry with it. No, you were just like really like... Yeah. After, after well, the half you, an hour Well, for... <laughs> yeah, the, the, the gross out comedy doesn't work. It, no. it, it's not needed. It's not... It's, it's, I don't think it's ever needed, to be honest. Um... um the only person, and I'll, I'll say this, I will give it a tiny glimmer of hope. For for anyone who hasn't seen it, if there's one thing to hang on to, right. Kate McKinnon, her character, Holtzman, yeah. she's the Egon of, of the gang. Yeah. She is the only one, I think, as I remember, who comes out of it with any kind of credibility yes she's the outcast she's like i mean egon was basically autistic i mean he was Mm. you know he he didn't get the jokes he didn't have the humor as as the guys so kate mckinnon is that character but in a different way of course and it she's the only one where you could sort of say well yeah she did all right yeah but the rest of it is it, they're just copies of, of the guys yeah and it sort of doesn't work does it yeah Melissa McCarthy is the Peter Venkman of the of the group uh, Kristen Weig is is the race dance she, you know she's sort of the uptight one if you yeah. like and Leslie Jones is the 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 Winston's Edmore she's the non-scientist of, of the gang like yeah. Winston was yeah she's the she's got the every person job she works on the subway you know, she she's not academic, if you like. She's got no mm. PhD, much the same as Winston. You know, so she's like the the everyday person in that. It just doesn't work. 
they've tried to do something which did work in the 80s and they've tried to smack that right into like modern times and it fell completely flat i think that's enough i need to go for a lie down yeah i i, I think we've um exhausted that really <laughs> you like the film um, um just uh, i mean to tie on i mean it does sort of feed into like gender swapping yeah characters and whatever i mean it seems to have gone quiet at the moment because nothing's happening but you know the the the, the, the topic will come up again about having a female bond of course you know uh, and i'll just say it now no one is asking for a female bond no one wants a female bond no one needs a female bond why not well, <laughs> the answer to it is, why does it have to be James Bond? Why not create a female spy in that world? James Bond is 007, okay? Yeah. So you could create an entirely new character and, and she would be 006 or 005. But isn't and, that and the you, whole point? And you create <laughs> another little franchise within a franchise. Okay. Well... We've discussed this at length, haven't we? We have, and I'm right. Oh, hang on a minute, <laughs> hang on a minute, hang on, you can't say that. No. No? No, anyway. <laughs> I think we should leave that one there, because this could go on for a bit. I'm completely so. right. <laughs> you think that? Go for it. Um, so, yeah. I think that's, yes. So, we've got three films there to, that you should watch. So, The Jazz Singer... Last of the Mohicans and A Star is Born, any of them. But do not watch. And if, if you want a feeling of uncontrollable <laughs> anger, disappointment and rage, then by all means, dig up Ghostbusters 2016. Just to bring yourself, just to raise the blood pressure a little bit. Why not, eh? And yes, next week, like I said, we will be covering a couple of Pixar films each. Yep. I think you've probably got one definitely decided maybe well i i've got two definitely decided so, yeah yeah i suppose we'll put some stuff up on instagram yeah, later on during definitely. the week yeah uh, definitely i think i've got one one decided I, I need to have a have a think um yes until then um keep sharing sharing the posts sharing the pages um find us like we said we're all over social media yeah and thank you once again for liking our page yeah tell your friends tell your family if Anybody. you can see them <laughs> shout it from the rooftops um, send smoke signals smoke, yeah text messages and <laughs> all kinds of stuff um yes we'll be back with you next week and until then stay safe and look after yourselves <laughs>